Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Wolf, we've had the combine. We have the pro days going on right now. You have a coaching staff change. I mean, it's been a little bit of everything. Now we're talking about even flexing Thursday night football opponents <laughs> and matchups. So you know yep. what? It's a great time for us to jump in here. The original Thursday night football, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and once upon a time, 2011-2012, this was the Big Red Rage featuring Kerry Rhodes, Cardinal Safety, and in a matter of moments, the former Cardinal Safety and current American actor and recording artist will join us on this very special edition of the Big Red Rage. How fired and amped up are you to reconnect with Kerry Rhodes there, Wolf? No, Paulie, there's no doubt about it. He he was one of the best guys that I, I think we ever worked with, and I think you would agree oh, with me yeah. on that. His personality, his likability, of course. Kerry was a great pro, no doubt about it. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to and him. I'm not surprised he's a star screen and, uh, you know, in front of the mic. I mean, he, he had that vibe about him. There, there's, <laughs> right. you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and you know what? We need some sanity right now because when we're seeing mock drafts where Hendon Hooker is going number five to the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> when all of a sudden it's become a thing for these quarterbacks to hit the ceiling in their pro days, have you seen this? Bryce Young, Will Levis, and now Anthony Richardson have all hit the ceiling in the practice bubble during their pro day. Yes. As if throwing a rainmaker straight up in the air is <laughs> something that's, uh, I don't know, an accomplishment for a quarterback. I really don't know. I do know it's for show, and then we'll figure out who can play for Doe when it comes around this fall. Yeah, Paula, can I just say quickly about those three guys that you just mentioned right there at quarterback? It's so amazing because – on one hand, you've got Bryce Young, and Bryce Young is all about what's inside of him. And then on the other side, the other side of the spectrum, you've got Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson, it's all about the outside. <laughs> it's all about the physicality of Anthony Richardson. And then C.J. Stroud seems to be a blend right in the yep. middle of those two guys. It's incredible. You mentioned those three quarterbacks, and they could go. One, two, and three in this draft. Hey, what if Anthony Richardson went one or two and Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud was sitting there on the board at three? Do you think Monty Ford would get a package and a half, would get a Mondo <laughs> trade offer? Say yes. 
Yes, um, but I'm hoping, Paulie, just me, this is me, I'm hoping the Indianapolis Colts make a move before the draft so that we'll know you got Will Anderson right there at number four, and you'll give up number three to the Colts, and they can take Anthony Richardson. Thank you. All right, Cardinals made a move today. They bolstered the cornerback room with free agent Rashad Fenton. He was traded from Kansas City to Atlanta in November. Uh, former six-round pick of Kansas City, right? Started 17 and 49 career games. He's had a couple career picks as well. What's amazing is that when he was a youngster, he was selling concessions in the Miami Stadium in which he won a Super Bowl as a rookie in the NFL. So wow. a great backstory. You add him to Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton, Christian Matthew, Nate Harrison, practice squad guy. That's the cornerback room right now. I don't think anybody would be surprised in what is a very deep cornerback draft. If the Cardinals went corner, not at number three, but very soon thereafter, maybe the top of round two, that, that would seem to be, Wolf, a plausible game plan for Monty Austin Fortin. Yeah, I would agree with that, Paulie. Either that or maybe even an offensive lineman, an interior offensive lineman. It's interesting because going into this draft, the the psychology and the philosophy has completely changed entering this draft. Monty Ossenford is not af- afraid of saying we're going to draft for need. I-, I just I can't emphasize that enough, knowing there are a lot of teams that always say, you know, we're going to draft the best player available, best player available, regardless of his position. Well, we all kind of know if you're loaded at tackles, you're not drafting a tackle. <laughs> and you're short at corner, you're not, you know, you're going to draft a corner. So I love the fact that Monty Ossenford is just saying it the way that it is. They're going to draft for need out there. So I love the fact that they're being honest about what it is they're going to do and I could see them going corner Polly I could in that second round you could also see him going offensive lineman what we haven't seen is the Cardinals so far signing that big name big money free agent not yet at least and Jonathan Gannon at this week's owners meetings here in Phoenix right he had this to say about that you don't win any games in free agency, I know that. So, yeah, I feel really good about the pieces that we added. We had a very clear vision of why we added them. They know why they're coming here, uh, which is huge to me. They know their role and what we're going to ask them to do and how we're going to ask them to fit in. And um, I'm excited to get to work with those guys. And it has been a pattern. You know, most guys are between 24 and 27 years of age, won some two-year deals, you know, whether it's a Kaiser White, a Chris Barnes, a Josh Woods, a Zach Pascal, you know, those types, Rashad Fenton today. And I said this, Wolf, on Cardinals Underground, the podcast earlier this week with Darren Urban and Danny Sarek. I said, look, to me, Jonathan Gannon is emphasizing mindset as much as he is skill set right now. Yeah. Trying to change the culture. He's bringing in a lot of guys who love to play the game and play the game at a high velocity, a lot of intensity. Yeah, Paulie, there's no doubt about that. Um, And this is just the the reality that I think JG is faced with right now at this point in time. Anytime you're looking to trade your best offensive weapon, and that would be DeAndre Hopkins and the Arizona Cardinals are researching the possibility of trading DeAndre Hopkins. And anytime you've got all the uncertainty of your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, and you don't really know when he's going to be back, you expect him, he's going to miss some games at some point in time. There's an awful lot of uncertainty right now about the direction of the Arizona Cardinals. So I think the best way to do this is to build from the ground up. In other words, raise the floor, Paulie. You've heard me use this kind of terminology, not raising the ceiling, 
raise the floor and rebuild that way, and I think that's what the Cardinals are doing. And if they can get a high draft pick for a DeAndre Hopkins, and guess what? Add to that equation. Exactly. That is still out there. There's no question about that. By the way, at those owner meetings and meeting the media, the question about Kyla Murray, uh, Jonathan Gannis said that the rehab quote is going great. I think he's ready to get to the next phase. So that's good news as reports continue to indicate that at the very least he's on track and maybe just maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. It'll be very curious to see once they get out onto the grass in April whether Kyler, you know, how involved is Kyler Murray? How can, how much can he get involved and be part of learning this offense? Yeah, Paulie, I honestly think he's going to be heavily involved, obviously. I don't think he's going to be out on the grass doing it per se. I think it's going to be more mental for Kyler Murray. And guess what? I think that's where he needs to start to hit the reset button on his career, the mental. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, join the season ticket priority list and check out the opponents coming to town this season. Not only the Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams, the Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, Falcons, and Bengals. Go to azcardinals.com slash priority list. Kerry Rhodes is next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Tannehill to pass, hit, ball goes fluttering in the air, picked off by Rhodes at the 50. Steps up, pumps, gets hit as he throws far side, picked off again. Intercepted on the far side of the 18-yard line by Kerry Rhodes. Throws over the middle, the pass is high, and intercepted by Rhodes at the 25-yard line. Firing middle of the field where it's picked off. Intercepted at the 25 by Rhodes. Fumble ball rolling around and picked up by Rhodes at the 25. Cuts left to the 20, to the outside 10, Rhodes to the 5, touchdown! Bradford steps up, and on the other side, they get him. Terry Rhodes coming from the left takes down Bradford. Sam Bradford got his peanut butter. Oh, man. You hear all the hard-hitting highlights there, right? From his eight-year standout career, including an all-pro team. Former player host of the Big Red Rage for two years, 2011-2012. So, Wolf, I type into Google the name Kerry Rhodes. A couple hours ago, right? Yeah. I'm expecting all these football factoids and these highlights and these articles. (laughs) But here in 2023, do you know the first two words that come up when you Google up Kerry Rhodes? Uh, Show business? Close. American actor. (laughs) He's been in movies. He's been in TV shows. He's been in music videos. He's a recording artist. We're going to get to all that right after we say welcome and talk a little football. With our guy, Kerry Rhodes on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Kerry, how is you? Man, you just, that <laughs> intro, I don't even know what to say. It's, uh, I feel like I'm at home again, you know, being, being on with you guys and, you know, hosting with you guys for two years, man. It's, it was such an honor. You guys brought so much energy and so much passion towards the team and, you know, towards the show and towards the product. So just really happy to be on with you guys and talk to you. It's been a while, so... Outside of that, the intro was great, so thank you. I appreciate it. No, Carrie, thank you, man. Thank you so much for joining us right now. We really do appreciate it. Do you miss the game, Carrie? Wolf, I, I, I don't, man. I don't miss the. <laughs> I, 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 I really, I really don't. You know, I, I, when, you know, when you put your, your all into something for so long, and uh, you know, yeah. you, you reap rewards along the way, but you also, you know, you, you reap. Um, you know, you, you reap what you put into it, and you, you sow what you put into it. And so I I really felt like I, I put my all into everything that I did in, in the game. And, you know, I was able to walk away with, you know, 
feeling really good about what I accomplished. And I mean, obviously I could have come back and, you know, I could have played a little, a little longer with, uh, you know, even Arizona or, or, or a te- another team or two, um, you know, down the line. But I just thought that was it. And, you know, I really, I look back on it. And now as I get a little bit older and, and look back on it, I, I, you know what, I actually really, really appreciate it more. You know, yeah. when you're in it, sometimes it goes quickly and, you, you know, you get caught up in things that are happening. But once you're able to get away from it and really look back on it, and I'm really, really proud of um, what, I, what I accomplished and, and the friends I made along the way and, you know, including you two guys. And so it, it's been beautiful, man. Because, you know, I was reminded of when I did that Google search on you, um, you, when you left the game, your final season 2012 with the Cardinals, you were rated the fourth best safety in the <laughs> NFL at that point by Pro yeah. Football Focus. So yeah. absolutely you could have continued. And, and you obviously have your post-playing career, and we'll get into that a little bit. But, yeah. you know, the Cardinals have – you, know, you can call it a rebuild, you can call it a retool, a reset, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But they're trying to establish a culture. They're yeah. trying to bring more accountability. I mean, you tell us, when you look back on your playing career and being in all those locker rooms, how vital are those two components? Is it just a matter of having better players than the other team, or are those things an essential part of building a winning team? No, no, no. The culture is everything. The culture and and you know, and, and having guys that believe in each other and wanting to, to fight and you know, do the right things for each other. All that stuff matters. I mean, you, you'll go, I mean, take my time in New York, right? I mean, we played, we had a, a rival in New York, you know, called the New England Patriots, right? And, and they weren't always the better team. They weren't always, they didn't all, always have the better guys, but they had a culture. They had guys that bought into the scheme of what they wanted to do, and, and they loved each other. And you can see that. A lot of those guys still show up and, you know, still talk about the organization a lot um, as retired players. And so, when you build that culture and you build, you, you you draft guys that, you know, really commit to the team and and commit to the to the guys in the locker room. You're going to have a, a chance to win every year, and so it starts there. And then you also want to bring in talented players, obviously, yes. But it starts with the culture and the guys buying in. Kerry, what do you think of the game overall? The way that it has evolved from when you played right now. Yeah. What do you think of the game of football? Wolf, if I was playing in this day and age, I would have a thousand interceptions. <laughs> just, 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 just so you understand the way they play the game now, it seems like it's 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 more difficult because of the way they're attacking with the more spread out offenses and and you know letting guys fling the ball fifty times a, a game, and, and it looks it looks complex, but it's really not. It's very simple. I mean, it's you have to you have to. From a defensive standpoint, you have to draft guys that are interchangeable. Now you can't. Mm. They're they're the the you know the the quintessential you know positions are changing, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have just strong safety and free safeties, right? You got to have guys that are interchangeable that can cover receivers, that can cover tight ends. Because if they can't, it's going to be a long long game and a long mm-hmm. season for those teams. And so even the linebackers, like you can't just have the traditional in the box linebackers anymore. You got to have guys that can cover running backs. The running backs are receivers nowadays. And so all of that's changed. It's, it's, it's a more finesse game. You can't be as physical with those guys either. So the intimidation process, part of it's gone. So you gotta, you got to draft likewise, skill-wise skill guys that can come in and match up. So it's changed a lot. A former Cardinal safety and host of the Big Red Rage, Kerry Rhodes, a very special guest here. And, and look, before your NFL career, you were at Louisville. You had 11 career picks at Louisville. You went into your college career as a quarterback. 
which yeah. you share in common <laughs> with a former teammate of Louisville, also entered as a quarterback and ended up being a cornerback. And he's also the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals now, Jonathan <laughs> Gannon. So, so tell us about the connection yeah. and how far back you go with JG. JG is my guy, man. He was, uh, he's, he's came, man. He just, he, you can see this kid. I mean, he, he had this swagger about him, even coming in as a young kid. And, um, you know, he was a year, he was two, he was a year behind me. And, um, you know, he came in, you could see it. I mean, I knew right away he had that it factor. He had that thing about him. And you can see that with a lot of guys, but, you know, he came in always, always ready to work. I mean, athletically gifted, like all the things, all the tools that you want to see in, in, a, in a player coming in. He had that um, really great guy. We became really good friends. Obviously, um, you know, we played the same position, but that didn't really stop us from, um, you know, connecting and being friends off the field. And, you know, on the field, he was a dog, too. I mean, guy could play, guy could get after it. If, if, if he didn't get hurt, he probably would have, he probably probably would have been playing right alongside of me and, and I think would have had a, a long playing career in the NFL as well. So, you know, you're getting the guy that's coming in that actually has the chops as a player, so he understands that side of it, but also just a really cool guy and, and, and like I said, a really good friend of mine in college. So I, I was excited to hear the news when he got the job. So, Kerry, he was not only a guy that would go out there in between those white lines and tap into the essence of the game of football, but you're also telling me he had a lot of the intangibles as well as a teammate. Is that what you're saying? Oh, 100%. 100%, Wolf. I mean, the guy was, like, he really, like, eat, drink, slept football. I mean, and so, Mm. you know, when he he had the the catastrophic injury with the hip that happened, um, I remember that time because, I mean, he was coming in the spring, and he was coming. He was ready to play, and he was gonna he was gonna play a lot, even if he didn't start. He was gonna play. And when the injury happened, you know, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you know, will go in and go to a dark place, and obviously, it's you know that happens a lot. It happens to a lot of people. They don't really know how to you know react right. to something like that. But he went into a dark place for a short a short period of time. But when I, when I say he came out, he came out, you know, really. There for his teammates, there for his guys, there for me, there for his friends, and 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 kind of flipped the switch into the, and, you know to see what else he could do to help the team, and became a, a, a GA with the with with our team, and right away just started kind of getting that coaching bug, and you knew he was going to be a great one at that once he got going. So yeah, it kind of just materialized that way. His energy is palpable. I mean, it's endless. His energy was he that way in college? Oh yeah, that's him. That's what, that, and that's what I'm saying. You guys are getting a version of of this guy that's it's not a front. It's not something that he's putting on for you know as as, as he's uh, you know kind of developed his coaching acumen. But it's not it's not even about that. That's who he is, and it's it's not it's it's not a fake thing. That's who he represents. That's mm. how he represents himself, and that's how he always rep- represents himself. And so yeah, to see him throughout these years still be that guy and not changing, it's it's uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. So, Kerry, what do you think will be his biggest adjustment moving into the head coach position? You know him very, very yeah. well. What yeah. do you think will be his biggest challenge moving into the head coach position? Well, I think the biggest challenge for anybody stepping into the head coaching position is just being able to manage a whole team, manage a roster, right? Um, whereas a DB coach or defensive coordinator, you're, you're, you're managing that in particular, right? And so – you don't have all the other responsibilities of, of uh, you know, managing the whole team and managing personalities that, you know, you know, sometimes may get big and get and sometimes think they're mm-hmm. bigger than the team, right? So just 
I think that's the biggest thing with any head coach, being able to manage, manage, you know, manage team situations. I mean, as far as the X's and O's, I think he'll be perfectly fine with that. But, you know, being able to, uh, you know, control and, and, and manage and have the responsibility of, of, of having the whole team to, <laughs> to uh, manage is going to be, right. be the biggest thing for him. And you've played for all sorts of head coaches, including Rex Ryan once upon a time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, 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 you would know. Kerry Rhodes, our guest. Tell us about, look, we're about a month away, I think, exactly from the draft today. What do you remember from the combine? Uh, I saw here. Now, is this a typo? Did you really have a 42-inch vertical at your combine? That's what it says in your Wikipedia page. Oh, I did, yeah. And I should have jumped higher that day. I think I probably ate too many wings the <laughs> night before. So I, I could have jumped a little higher. <laughs> so tell us about just sort of as these guys are nearing the draft, what are yeah. they experiencing? What would you tell some of these guys coming out of college? Yeah, I think a lot of people, I mean, I think with the draft in particular, you don't don't be upset if your number's not called as early as you think it, it should be. I think uh, as, you know, as, as high, high high prospect people coming into uh, into the draft, you know, you usually put yourself in that upper echelon, right? And you want to see yourself going off the board as early as possible. Uh, but I think just, you know, I think more than anything, going high as possible, going to the right fit, getting the right fit, going to the right team is more, um, should be more of the, uh, you know, what they worry about going in. Because uh, I had that same thing. I thought I'd be, I, I was hearing anything from second round. So, you know, with the latest being the fourth rounder, right? And so coming in, I was like, yeah, I'll go second round. I mean, I you start comparing yourself to these other guys and and you start getting into that game. And then it gets, you know, it, it can be humbling really quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so really going into that situation humble and really hoping to go to the best position in the best place possible. I end up going to New York in the fourth round and end up being the, the perfect place for me perfect place for me i came in and had a chance to start right away as a as a rookie right and so you know i went went in grabbed that position started from day one and never looked back so just really hope that you go to the best place and and like i said going to it being humble um you know a lot of guys are in the same position you are just as talented and you know just you know get go to the right place and get that right fit that that's more than going high so, Kerry, you know I've got to ask you this because I was drafted in the fourth round as well. I was 104 overall. How about you? <laughs> I, was, I, I was 123. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Kerry, did you think you were going to go higher? Did you, did you have any idea on draft day, were you bummed to go in the fourth round? Oh, of course. I was definitely bummed. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was there day one. Wolf with, with my family, uh, you know, day one we were, they came to Louisville. We didn't have like a big thing, but we had a little, little get together and people around. And you know, I you know I started seeing a few safeties go off the board. And you know, I mean, as a competitor, I was looking at those guys writing right. their names down, writing their names down, getting ready to check them off because I had to outplay that person, right? So having having that competitive fire, seeing guys go off the board, and day one ending, and me having to, you know to go out and kind of face my family and my friends and. And the people at school around, you know, I was a little, little, little bummed out, <laughs> a little, little bummed out. But day, you know, day two came around. I got taken off the board early day two, and that was the motivation that I needed. And so I look at it yeah. that way. Just, I just got, I just got motivated. Right. I, like I said, wrote those guys' names down. I'm like, these are the guys that I, I'm going to outperform. And, 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 and trust me, I did. I did. Well, I took that very personal. Former card safety Kerry Rhodes, our guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Now, Wolf, you, you both might have been fourth-round draft picks, but you never had Channing Tatum 
<laughs> come to one of your training camp practices and hang out. That's right, Paulie. And cause basically a statewide stir. I still remember that. I still remember news breaking that Channing Tatum was there hanging out with Carrie at a practice, and all the young women in Phoenix looked at their watch and said, it's a two-and-a-half-hour practice, I can make it to flag in two hours, and they literally drove up the hill to hang out and get a glimpse of Channing Tatum. I mean, do you realize what, what a scene that was when you look back at it? I, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, I do, Paulie. It was such it was such a crazy thing because uh, obviously he was just coming to take out. He was just coming to check out practice. Really, he really was, and we really tried to keep that under wraps because I knew he was coming. But I, you know, we didn't make a big deal about it. I don't know how they found out so fast. That's the part that really throws me off. How did they get there so fast, and how did they hear about it? I think yeah. it was Twitter. It got out on Twitter, and people just hit the road immediately. Wow. Are you serious, Paul? It, it, it was on. It was on like the local newscast, sportscast, wow. and so boom, people heard about it, and they literally hit the road. They drove up and made it by the end of practice, and by that time, the Cardinals needed extra security around the practice field. I remember it vividly. Man. Yeah, well, because we didn't talk about it. I didn't let anybody know about it, and he definitely didn't let anybody, right. anybody know about it. So yeah, it had to be something that leaked. But yes. I didn't know we came. Yeah. I think I think we went to. I think we also went to breakfast early that morning or something. So maybe somebody saw him or something or something. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a planned thing. So <laughs> so it's so funny. Kerry, do you still have the acting bug right now? Are you so? Are what are you doing now? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full time actor, uh, musician, all the things right now in the arts. Um, I was on a TV show on Oprah's network on their own network called uh, If Loving You Is Wrong. Uh, it was uh, a Tyler Perry show that I was on for six seasons and uh wow. i i produced and i acted in a, in a in a feature film that i that i made for my production company called tragedy girls that was in theaters and uh, amazon prime and all that stuff now that i created myself wow. um and uh musically i put out my first solo ep uh in august that came out it's called protected endangered um and yeah man i because I, I had a band first that we put out an album before, a couple of singles. But, yeah, this is my first solo project, so I so, play guitars. Yeah. So, Kerry, no, I, I'm saying he, you – did you ever perform live? You've, you've got this protected and endangered. You know, give me yep. the mic. Uh, the first song I'd like to do for you is off yep. my 72 album. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> you know so, I mean. He's not me, I know that, but it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I, I didn't know you could sing. No, but a lot of people didn't because, again, like I – so my whole thing was when I – I was a theater minor in college, but a lot of people didn't know that. Obviously, didn't yeah. take the time to know that either. It's not a something that would have been talked about. But that, this this is stuff that I've always done. So ben, I had to actually tone that stuff down when I was playing, right? I started to get, you know, called Hollywood in New York for a little bit just because of little things that I would do. So obviously, you don't want to you know, start becoming a uh, – you know, uh, a disturbance for the team and all those things. So I would quiet that stuff down. But as soon as I got done, man, I just went back to the thing that, that really, you know, was really who I was to the core. And, you know, being able to do that and do that on a, a daily basis now is when you say, do I miss the game? That would be part of the reason not because I'm doing what yeah. I really love as well now. So thing yeah, is, you, you, you were playing in New York. And and you were in Lady Gaga's paparazzi video, right? You, <laughs> you were a police <laughs> officer, right? You know too much info, Paulie. What's going on? Well, we yeah. we saw this. Holmes <laughs> and I did a little, little to refresh our memory. What's yeah. amazing is that video has over three hundred million views. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you know, funny story about that. Me and Lady Gaga shared the same dressing room for that shoot too. So that was fun. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that is no. That is really cool. That that is really cool. So I and I and you know and Wolf once again. I mean, you do a quick search on Carrie Rhodes, and his IMDb page comes up. So you realize how multi-talented. He is, but it sounds like your passion right now, as much as anything, is music. Is that correct? It, it is. The music part has saved me, Paulie. It's one of those things where you get to have the most honest expression of yourself um, at, at the essence of it all, right? To the core. To the core, what I want to say and, and how I'm trying to say it is coming out from this God, this God energy that, you know, we're all able to access and tap into, but... We don't, you know, we don't give that, we don't nourish that. We don't, um, we don't give it the access and the ability that it needs, the availability that it needs to be seen and heard. And so being able to write my own song, to play it, to be in the studio and really make it sound the way I want it to sound, the way I want it to come across to the world. Is, I mean, it, there's no, no better feeling. So being able to have that has been everything for me. Well, it's been a great feeling for us to have you back Thank on, you, Carrie. Carrie. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, no we'll problem. talk to you soon. Hopefully, we'll get you out with JG. That is Carrie Rhodes on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Flushed out of the pocket to the right, now throws back across the middle, and it's caught in the back of the end zone by Hopkins, and he got his feet down for the touchdown. Quick throw over the middle, Hopkins has a catch of the 10, turns to his left at the 5, and hits Pater. Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Throws left in the end zone, Hopkins is there, sliding catch for a touchdown. Sidearms it over the middle, caught for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Steps up, lobs it back in the end zone, wide open is Hopkins, and a touchdown. Caught by Hopkins at the 10, slips a tackle, runs left to the 5, into the end zone for the touchdown. Throws a fade left side in the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by D-Hop. D-Hop caught it. Looks right, throws a deep ball right side in the end zone, and it's caught. It's a touchdown. Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Will the D and D-Hop stand for deal? And if so, when? And for what? How many picks? How many players? Any of the above? We're just going off the reports that have been out there. Almost a week ago, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, reported that the Cardinals are, quote, standing firm on asking for a second-round pick. Hmm. Okay. Now, we've heard a lot of other reports, as I think what we're seeing are the teams negotiating via the NFL insiders in the media and trying to jockey for position in the D-Hop sweepstakes. If indeed that is the case, it is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and special thanks again to Kerry Rhodes. Wolf, what sort of treat was that? And by the way, speaking of the passing game, how about Kerry saying if he was playing in today's game, he'd have like a thousand interceptions? Yeah, that was awesome right there. Um, you know, he did have, what, 23 interceptions in eight years. Really did a great job of doing that. But I thought it was also interesting when he said that, you know what, he didn't miss the game, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't miss the game yeah. at all. And a lot of it has to do with what he's doing now, the love that he has now for his acting career and for his band that he's put together as well, his musical career. I mean, he has his own album, right? He's been yeah. in his own movie. He's been in multiple TV shows. He shared a dressing room with Lady Gaga for her music video. 
He shared that. Polly, that might have been a little yeah. racy. That's a, that's a name drop. When you can when you can drop Lady Gaga. I mean, that's that's next level. There's there's no question about that. So a little uh, risky in that yeah. dressing room, maybe. Oh, so, Carrie Rhodes, that was uh, outstanding. We appreciate that. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins, the guy who's on a first name basis with most of the NFL. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, of course, his head coach, was asked about D Hop's future at the owners' meetings this week. Right now, I'm operating under the premise that hops are starting X, and people are going to have to defend them. So, uh, you know, that's a, probably a better question for Monty. But um, he's been great, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to work with him too. So everyone that has a jersey right now, I'm looking forward to coaching and fitting them all in together. I'm handing this ball to you now, Wolf. What do you, I mean, people are asking you all the time all around town, DeAndre Hopkins, what's the future? What do you tell them? Yeah, no, I honestly do believe the Arizona Cardinals are going to move DeAndre Hopkins, and the reason why they're going to move him is because they're going to get offered what it is that they want. I think what you just heard from J.G. is perfect. That's exactly the correct answer for a head coach to actually say about a guy that is on your roster right now. Hey, listen, you know what? The general manager, Monty Austinfort, David Sears, they're going to be the guys that will go ahead and they'll they'll construct this roster. But one once they get on that roster, those are my guys, and it's time for me to start coaching them. That's exactly the approach that Jonathan Gannon is taking, and it's the the approach he should take on that, Paulie. But for me right now, the pressure point, the ultimate pressure point of the NFL draft is coming up. And it's going to be really interesting to see if Monty Ford is going to dig his heels in and take it right up to draft day. Right up to draft day, Paulie. That's a pressure point. And if he's resolute about saying, we want a second-round pick, and by the way, we're not going to sit there and pay for any of his contract. Now, they might end up doing that, but I'm just saying, he might use that pressure point to play a big draft day game of chicken ball and look you know right after that report came out the cardinals were standing firm on a second round pick you had a bunch of other reports come out quoting insiders right from other teams other decision makers like kansas city saying we're not going to overpay for a wide receiver the, right. the bills beat writer tweeted out quote barring a significant development the bills are not trading for deandre hopkins <laughs> that well, was so funny i mean look you can say that but guess what this is an ultra-thin free agent wide receiver class that's already been picked through. It's not a strong wide receiver class in the draft. And even if you think you got a stud in the draft, think again, because it's very inconsistent. A rookie receiver typically is not plug-and-play. You can ask the Tennessee Titans right now how that went getting rid of A.J. Brown and trying to plug in Traylon Burks last year. In fact, I would say Tennessee would be among the, the, the clubhouse leaders, I yeah. think, in trading potentially for DeAndre Hopkins. There are teams who can be playoff teams but have a serious need in the receiver room, and I would say KC, New England, the Bills, and Tennessee are all included. Yeah, Paulie, I, I love the Bills, though, their their approach on this, Paulie. This one, I just I got to talk about this because it's so – barring any type of significant development, like what? Oh, I don't know, the Bills changing their mind? <laughs> or the Cardinals coming down in their price? Whatever it might be. But, Paulie, at some point in time, this is how you negotiate these trades. Yes. You say, I'm giving you this, and you say, no, you're not. I'm not taking that. Well, the wall is black. No, it isn't. It's white. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, this means nothing 
until you get to that pressure point, and that's when you buckle. Who is going to buckle? Will it be the Cardinals, or will it be the Bills, or maybe a little bit of both? And by the way, if some of these teams were thinking about trading for Jerry Judy, Sean Payton said this week, no, the Broncos are not trading away Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. That's what they're saying because K.J. Hamler tore a chest muscle and then Tim Patrick still coming back from that torn ACL. So Sean Payton telling the media at the owners' meetings, yeah, we've gotten calls on those two guys, you bet, but we're not trading them. Until the, quote, significant development materializes. (laughs) And maybe you get your price. Yes, but, Polly, once again, I've got to come back to the Buffalo Bills quickly right now. When you've got Stephon Diggs, okay, as a wide receiver, and you've got Gabe Davis, two big athletic guys who can run, do you know who the perfect wide receiver is at number three for them? Oh, tell them. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, lights out if that happened. That's the reason why I never believe them until it's over and right now it's not over and we talked about this and that bill's playoff loss to their nemesis the bengals they couldn't get to the quarterback they were missing von miller desperately and they didn't have another receiver making plays beyond stefan Diggs. so yep they they seriously need a deandre hopkins if they have designs on getting out of the afc hey it's the dave pash podcast you can get it wherever you get your podcasts and via twitter at hash pod we continue with the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert let's talk quarterback and if the cardinals can leverage that at number three next on the big red rage florida's first offensive player richardson fake the boot he'll load it up and cut it loose with that big arm touchdown gators here goes richardson Long strider and keeps his balance. What a run by Anthony Richardson. Superman in. Richardson trying to find a man in the end zone. Touchdown, Florida. Richardson all day and rifles it down the sideline. Touchdown, Florida. 78 yards. What if, what if Anthony Richardson parlays his combine performance and then the pro day today? into the top three of the NFL draft, like, oh, I don't know, Zach Wilson a couple of years ago. You know who would benefit from that? The Arizona Cardinals. It is the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Special thanks earlier to Kerry Rhodes. And now we're talking Anthony Richardson because, well, if the unthinkable incomprehensible happens and somebody drafts Anthony Richardson in the top two picks and then all of a sudden Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is sitting there at number three, yeah. Don't you think that the Cardinals' phone will start ringing immediately with some serious and significant trade offers? Yeah, Paulie, I think you're right about that. But I, I think it already exists, Paul, because of what Anthony Richardson has already done. Interesting. Paul, I do believe there are some scouts out there, and who knows, some general managers out there that might look at Anthony Richardson and say, that's the best quarterback in this draft coming out. That's why he is he is is climbing up draft boards right now. By all accounts, he's he's climbing up draft boards. And Paulie, I think the Indianapolis Colts. If you tell me they love them some Anthony Richardson, there is no way in the world they're going to sit there at four. There's no way they're going to move up to three because they know they have to move up to three. 
Well, you know what? Jim Irsay, their owner, talked openly this week at the Biltmore about how there are exciting young quarterbacks and the Colts need to get one. <laughs> and then a lot of people have talked about how Shane Steichen took Jalen Hurts and turned him into the force and second-team right. all-pro quarterback. And guess who has a similar skill set to a Jalen Hurts? And Anthony Richardson, who has that run game to go with the big arm and a big, right, big arm where he hit the ceiling today in the practice bubble. Just for, In fact, that was the line from uh, Daniel Jeremiah today of the Pro Day. He said that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, for their Pro Days, they just needed to show up. But Will Levis and Anthony Richardson needed to show off. And yes. that's exactly what they did. So you have that, and then you have the guy who, whether he goes at three, whether he goes at four to the Cardinals, if somehow they swing a deal with the Colts, Will Anderson, I think we're all on board, show of hands, who would be okay with the Cardinals (laughs) taking Will Anderson Jr. off the edge? I think we're all there. Here's Nick Saban just talking about the potential impact. You know, he can stand up and play. Uh, He's a good rusher off the edge, which I know is a real premium you know, for people in the NFL. I think his ability to turn speed to power is something that – you know, a lot of guys struggle with when they get in the NFL, but I know he can do that extremely well. So, I mean, this guy's a great person. He's got great competitive character. He's fine to a young man as you're ever going to find to be in your organization. So I think he's going to make a huge impact wherever he goes. You don't have to ask me twice to put Will Anderson on this roster. Wolf, what says you? Yeah, you know what, Paulie? Um, Nick Saban and I have had our run-ins in the past, <laughs> yes, as you, you all have. know. But, Paul, I do respect him greatly. I, I really do. And when I hear him say that about Will Anderson, all you need to do is take those words, juxtapose those words over the tape that you're watching in regard to Will Anderson and the plays that he makes, and you know that Nick Saban is telling you the truth. This is this is a football player. This kid's football character, to me, is off the charts. He's everything that you want in a football player. I love the fact that he He's got that mentality. I love the fact that he will set the edge. He will. If the expectation for Will Anderson is for him to set the edge, and you're going to coach him to do that, he's going to be able to do that, and he's also going to be able to get to the quarterback. Everyone says, well, you know what? He doesn't have that special burst. He isn't long enough. He is. I cannot tell you how many people said James Harrison was never going to play in the National Football League, mm. and all that that guy did is outwill the guy that lined up across from him. Will Anderson has got the same kind of mentality, in my opinion, only he's got way more gifts physically. So to me, that's the pick at three or four. Because in another interview with ESPN, Nick Saban went on about just his dog mentality. Yes. Just to compete every single down. That's what Mel Kuyper and some of the draft analysts who have gone through all the film, that's what they write in the reports, does not take plays off. So you can get an ultra-talented defensive lineman, (laughs) like, oh, I don't know, a Jalen Carter. But if he doesn't have that consistent motor, then how do you base your, you know, how can you formulate a defense in that and expect what to get? But a Will Anderson, for example, there's an anecdote out there that he supposedly turned down NIL money at Alabama because he doesn't want to be distracted by all that. He's all, there'll be time for that when I turn professional. Yeah, boy, do I love that. You know what, right there, I just want to hug the kid after that ball. I mean, just honestly, really, he he is special. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm I'm in the danger zone when it comes to Will Anderson. I'm in the danger zone because I, I'm assuming the Cardinals are going to get 
Will Anderson right now. And who knows? They might trade down to number seven, and I don't think Will Anderson is going to be there at number seven, Paul. They they might trade down later and collect a bivy of picks. I, I don't know, but... Man, I, I'm in the danger zone with Will Anderson. I'm with you. If somehow they don't get him, I'm going to be broken up. I was joking earlier this week, Craig Grillo on the Red Sea Report with Kyle Vanabosch, and I'm like, I've already written him down in the depth chart. <laughs> I already have him written in. Uh, it's his starting edge for the Arizona Cardinals. So That's right, Paul. You know, but, I you feel know, the same way, and Isaiah Simmons across yeah. the other way. I mean, that's I, I'm 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 hoping that's where they're going to try to line him up and say, "Go get it." I, I'm hoping that happens with JG and Isaiah. But there could be a quarterback absurdity on draft day, and we have to prepare for that. Darren Urban brought up a mock draft from somebody uh, on the Lions beat, and they speculated the Lions might come up to number three, give the Cardinals <laughs> number six. And then they would also get a second rounder this year and a first rounder next year. And if you're going to get all that, yeah, then guess what? You might have to move off Will Anderson. And it is a fairly loaded defensive, especially in the top 10. You can get a difference maker. Yes. You know, if you go cornerback, for example, which is almost as much of a dire need for the Cardinals, I could see that formula there. Okay, Paulie, but you know what? If I get that, if that scenario happened right there, where I get that call, I, I'm going to say, okay, that that sounds so intriguing. Can you hold on? I just got to call Chris Ballard, the general manager <laughs> yeah. of the Indianapolis. Right. I'm calling him first just to see yeah. if he'll give us a better offer. That's true. Because, hey, Chris, guess what? Uh, Anthony Richardson, <laughs> your guy, is going to Motown. <laughs> right. So you got you got approximately 30 seconds to figure out how you're going to make this happen. So, exactly, Paul. Yeah, I like that. Hey, uh, Season 6, Episode 2, Cardinals Flight Plan. Can't miss stuff. Behind the scenes, all access from the Combine and beyond. Streaming now via the Cardinals YouTube page. That's YouTube.com slash Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, Jim Omohundro, Zach Larson for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. Special thanks to Kerry Rhodes, the former Cardinal safety, for joining us on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.